Well, hello and welcome to the Health Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Christy Moore. Today's topic, we will talk about what to know about hypertension. Hypertension affects about 30% of the adult population worldwide. It is a big deal because it can do damage to blood vessels, heart, and kidneys. And left untreated, it can have some pretty damaging effects. So we're going to talk about that today. And we have two excellent experts with us. Dr. Jamie Burkle, he is director of the Center of Prevention, Metabolism, and Lipids with the Georgia Heart Institute. Welcome, Dr. Burkle. Thank you, Christy. Good morning. Morning. And Dr. Taylor Henson, he's our internal medicine physician with the Northeast Georgia Physicians Group. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. So let's just start out kind of at the ground level and talk a bit about what is hypertension and why is it known as the silent killer? So hypertension, like you said, is one of the most common cardiovascular diseases in the world. As you mentioned, 30% of adults in worldwide have hypertension and is defined as a blood pressure greater than 130 over 80. And uh, it's known as the silent killer because um, really when uh, patients have hypertension, they don't have major symptoms. And unfortunately, many times the first manifestation of hypertension is a heart attack or a stroke. And uh, it's associated with a significant morbidity and mortality. And for that reason, they call it a silent killer. So it's very important that the public in general is aware of that. I always tell my patients, know your numbers, get checked. Mm -hmm. And uh, important to always get screened. Yes, and I've heard those stories of where someone will walk into either a health fair or even their physician's office and find out their blood pressure is through the roof and as you say have no idea absolutely and and pretty much have to go to the emergency room right then that's right yeah that's right those of us who do primary care particularly internal medicine primary care where we have elderly populations maybe as many as 60 percent of our patients will be hypertensive and so it's a number that we know at each visit, and we take uh, a great deal of attention to the blood pressure, so our patients know their blood pressures, and we make sure they know their blood pressures, and we do too. Very good. Mm-hmm. So what really causes the high blood pressure? It's a multifactorial problem. I mean, there are many issues that are in play. It's... Um, Hypertension or high blood pressure is just too much blood pressure. So blood pressure is a normal process in the blood vessel wall. And in hypertension, many of the mechanisms that are involved in moving blood through our body are just off kilter a bit. The yin and the yang is a little bit off, and that can be different with different people and different physiologies and different circumstances. I know Dr. Burkle can attest to that. Yes, indeed. And, um, and there are factors that are related to heredity and family history. So mm-hmm. if uh, one of your parents is hypertensive, you have a 50% chance of being hypertensive yourself. And there are factors associated with lifestyle, eating too much salt, lack of exercise, some medications, especially painkillers that um, the regular non-steroidal anti-inflammatory oh, agents can, uh, can do that. Um, and I mean, there's multiple factors that can contribute to that and obesity Obesity. is probably the biggest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and don't forget sleep apnea right don't don't sleep on sleep apnea. (laughs) exactly big one yes um something you said 
made me trigger a thought about obesity. Yes, so I have definitely heard of people who lose, I don't know, as little as maybe 10% of their body weight, and they do see some, maybe sometimes blood pressure is one of those things that they see uh, uh, improvement in. It can be dramatic. Mm-hmm. The blood pressure drop can be dramatic with weight loss, mm-hmm. no question. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it doesn't take a whole lot. Just 10% weight loss would have significant effects on blood pressure or even sleep apnea. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, you start messing with people's sleep and they're going to they're gonna not be too happy. So going to want to do something about that. So what what's kind of worst case scenario? What can happen if blood pressure is not controlled? So we see it in two ways, right? Acutely, if your blood pressure gets extremely high, you're at a, a high risk of a stroke, which is when one of your blood vessels in the brain will burst. And um, this is obviously associated with a significant uh, risk of long-term effects, like having a paralysis or disability. Or you could die, of course, uh, if, the, if there's a significant uh, bleed in the brain. Uh, it could also be associated with heart attacks, um, which is when one of your coronary arteries uh, gets uh, obstructed by blood clot or plaque. It could also be associated with dissection of the aorta, which is the main artery that comes out of the heart. People that have severe hypertension can actually dissect their aortas, and that's a cardiovascular emergency that requires emergency open-heart surgery. Mm-hmm. So that will be the acute phase, right? In the chronic phase, which is what we see commonly in our practices, you see patients coming in and, and they develop uh, changes in their cardiovascular system, starting with the heart. The heart becomes thick. The muscle thickens up the same way that uh, bodybuilders or weightlifters increase their muscle mass. The same way when the heart is exposed to high blood pressure all the time, then the heart will thicken up. Uh, other things that we see is chronic kidney disease because the kidneys actually um, suffer from having high blood pressure. So the kidneys develop what is called hypertensive nephrosclerosis. They harden up, they stop working the way they should, mm-hmm. and, um, and it becomes a serious problem. Mm-hmm. So I know we said most people don't even have symptoms, but if they do have symptoms, what might some of those look like? So um, symptoms will vary depending on the severity of the blood pressure, but um, a frequent headache, mm-hmm. uh, feeling flushed, having palpitations, feeling rapid heartbeats, having chest pain or pressure, having difficulty, um, this is a very common symptom, patients having difficulty completing tasks that they used to do before, uh, walking up a flight of stairs and then feeling completely breathless at the end of it. That might be because your blood pressure is too high. Mm-hmm. Um, things of the like. Okay, good to know. The problem is that often there are no symptoms. Yes. I mean, that's the real issue. It's a silent killer. Dr. Burkle just explained how many ways blood pressure can kill you but the the real issue with blood pressure is that often we have no symptoms mm-hmm. or we don't recognize the symptoms i guess it could be right hence the importance of getting screened and yes 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 so can you guys tell me a little more about these numbers the diastolic and systolic i guess um and what those mean and what people need to look for well the way i've always understood the blood pressure number itself is the top number the systolic blood pressure is a marker of the tension that the blood vessel walls are under when the heart is pumping that's called systole 
and that the bottom number of the blood pressure is is a reflection of the tension on the blood blood vessel wall when the heart is not pumping. I've thought about it this way, and I don't know if this um, the physiology of this is accurate, but I've almost thought of it as standing in the in the surf. I think we've all done that in a way. Imagine that you're standing in the surf and a wave comes crashing down and comes across your legs and you feel that pressure and force. There's a mass and there's a volume and it's a very striking thing. That's like the top number on the blood pressure. And then as the surf goes out, there's still a pressure. You're feeling that, but it's a lower volume, lower mass movement you still feel that Mm -hmm. but that's i've just always thought about it that way that's like the systolic and the diastolic the top number and the bottom number and if you'll notice when you're doing that what's happening to your feet in the sand sinking is sinking so things are happening it's a dynamic process on the blood vessel wall that was a perfect analogy actually thanks for that yeah, so he explained it perfectly, and um, it's a very dynamic process, like you said. Um, the systolic pressure related to the force uh, of the blood as the heart contracts in systole, which is when the heart is at the maximum peak of contraction. The systolic blood pressure is at the top number. The diastolic blood pressure reflects the tone, the blood vessel tone itself. When it's high, the diastolic blood pressure is high, it's because your blood vessels have too much tone, they're too vasoconstricted. And we use medications to control both systolic and diastolic blood pressures differently. I'm glad you brought up medications because, you know, a lot of times people, I think, erroneously think, you know, oh, I don't want to take any medication. But in this case, it seems like it is very important that they do get on So I tell my patients, it's not about medications or not. It's about getting to go, right? What we've learned through the years is that people think that just because they don't take any medications, they're healthy. And people uh, may perceive as if you take too many medications because you're sick. Mm-hmm. It's the other way around. It's about reaching goals. If you can get to a blood pressure 120 over 80 on no medications, that's wonderful. But if you need to take a medicine one a day without side effects or without significant side effects that will take you to goal, you should do that because that will result in better outcomes in the long run. Yes, very good. So let me ask this question. We've talked a lot about high blood pressure is there such thing i mean can your blood pressure be too low dr burkle may want to correct me i've told my patients for several years now when they ask that question if if the organs in your body are receiving blood or or being perfused appropriately the blood there's no low there's no blood pressure that's too low okay obviously we look for symptoms of patients that are on antihypertensive medications when they call and say that I'm dizzy, I don't feel good after I take my medications. We check their blood pressures lying and standing Mm -hmm. to see if the blood pressure medicines themselves are causing problems. But in general, the lower the blood pressure for a person feeling well, doing well, moving well, I don't think there is a number that's too low. You're absolutely right. And um, it's just like cholesterol, the lower the better, right? Mm But when it comes to certain patients, especially the elderly, if they start to complain of feeling dizzy, lightheaded, especially when changing positions from going from the, stand, the sitting to the standing position, uh, then what we do is we check orthostatic blood pressures, checking blood pressure sitting down, checking blood pressure when standing, and see if there's a significant change because they might be taking too much blood pressure, especially diuretic. Sometimes when the elderly take too much diuretic, then they can experience these changes. So it might be time to 
back off a little bit on the medication, lower the dose. But uh, again, just like Dr. Hansen was saying, when it comes to blood pressure, the name of the game is perfusion. So if all your organs are perfused at a at an adequate blood pressure, even though it might appear to be low, mm-hmm. then that you're going to be fine. In fact, I have patients with blood pressure of 105 over 70, 110 over 70. I tell them, you're like a teenager. And, and we should celebrate those. Absolutely. <laughs> and in fact, uh, studies are show- have shown that when your blood pressure is at that level, your organs will actually function longer. Your kidneys, you have a longer function for your kidneys. You have a longer function for your brain and your heart. So that was the ideal blood pressure in a way. Good to know. Good to know. So let's talk a little bit about um, patients who need to measure their blood pressure regularly. Are the at-home cuffs, are they pretty effective? For the most part. um, We discourage patients from using wrist monitors because they're highly inaccurate. Mm -hmm. We recommend the arm cuffs, and it's important that patients use the right size cuff. If you have very large arms, make sure you use a large cuff. Otherwise, you will always have an overread. Your blood pressure will be exaggeratedly high. Um, but for the most part, those automatic uh, blood pressure monitors that you can check and use at home are a good way for us to gauge more or less what the patient's blood pressure control is at home. 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. We would have patients coming quite often with their home monitors and they would never be accurate but today's home blood pressure measurements are pretty good we always have patients bring in their monitors and we check their monitors the numbers that they're getting in our office with our office blood pressure readings to confirm that they're accurate and then if we confirm that we feel pretty good about the numbers that they give us that's great yeah yeah so our how what other ways other than medication is um, high blood pressure treated? Yeah, so the first step is always lifestyle changes, right? Mm-hmm. Lifestyle modifications. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes to our office and the blood pressure is high, what we recommend is you start with your basics. You uh, watch your salt intake, watch your caffeine and alcohol intake. Make sure you are exercising and walking every day. Make sure you try to lose some weight because for the most part patients will be experiencing some of this uh, blood pressure elevations in the setting of recent weight gain. Um, So increase activity, get enough sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of our patients don't get enough sleep. So when you do all those things, we call it lifestyle modifications, you bring the patient back in a month or two, we recommend that they get a blood pressure monitor, just like Dr. Dr. Hanson was saying, and uh, and compare their numbers to ours and decide about two or three months later to see if the patient has reached goal or if they need to take medication. Very good. Yeah. Very good. And it's very important, I'm sure, for people to stick to a treatment plan. Once you decide on what that is with your doctor, you need to really stick to that. Absolutely. Definitely. I think that's one of the things about primary care that I enjoy over a long period of time. Patients will stick to plans if they trust the people that are taking care of them. I mean, it just comes down to that. And if we pay attention to blood pressure, they'll pay attention to blood pressure. I've, I check everybody's blood pressure that comes into my office virtually every time. There may be one or two in a week or a month that I don't. But I come in and try to get people relaxed and go over the basic things, and then I personally check their blood pressure. Half of them will tell me, hey, your nurse just checked my blood pressure, and I say, I know, I want to know for myself. And in doing that, they tend to sort of get the message. In fact, in the last 
few weeks, I've had two or three situations that happen like this that surprised me. I had a patient in the, on the exam table. I'm checking their blood pressure, and I realize that they uncross their legs, oh. and, and they're sort of embarrassed. And I realize, you know, I'm the one that should be embarrassed. I wasn't doing this correctly. But they've bought in to the degree that they know how to check their blood pressure, and they know how their blood pressure is supposed to be checked. Oh. And so I sort of told them, I said, look, that's on me. You did good. And so they buy in if we buy in. Great point. And I think that's an excellent point for us to end on today. We've covered a lot of great information. Appreciate you both being here. And just um, for those listening, please do be your own advocate for your health. Um, As you heard, there are definitely lifestyle changes and things you can do to um, take some personal responsibility for your health. So thanks for joining again. Please listen to us anywhere you get a podcast. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so we can make sure others hear this helpful information. See you next time. Thank you.